0: Hello everybody and welcome to Brunvagoon, you will not get there on a road bike. I was having a conversation with some friends of mine on Saturday. Saturday I went out with Peter and with Claudius, hi guys, and because the both of them were on cross-country mountain bikes, full suspended for Peter and from suspended from Claudius, they brought me into a couple of mountain bike trails. While we were there, we swapped a bit the bicycles in order to understand which one was the best one, and how was that, and blah blah blah... And actually, while doing that, probably in the easiest path because I was working most of the time, We were having this conversation and actually we thought that probably in a couple of years, two, three years time, nobody will buy any more pure road bike. Obviously, there are people like Simon who will never get out of road bikes because they like to train, they like to compete, they like to put themselves in aero position and everything like this, but for pure fun, you really need kind of a hybrid machine. And this hybrid machine is, yeah, the gravel bike, a bike that can be today, with really bulky wheels and bulky tires, you can go into trails and have fun and do jumps, and anything like this. And if you swap wheels also with the same wheels, maybe just with different tires, you can go on the road and still enjoy the exploring, going up to hills and going up to to passes and stuff. Well, I think that can be everything like this, especially because all of us should move a bit more in the minimalistic side instead of having a room really packed with bicycle like it's mine at the moment, but that's another story, so perfect bike we were talking about and perfect bike is obviously the open up that I have here with me, machine can do everything from uh, really gnarly uh, yeah, tracks and uh, trails, they're out in the woods and then perfect tarmac and then tarmac that is not completely perfect and everything like this. So, yeah, I'm super happy that I've been riding that in this period. Talking about not perfect roads, still, I want to say hi to my friend Lele, who got the accident and he broke his collarbone. Lele, you're gonna get recovered super soon, keep up! What else I want to say? Yes, support me with subscribing to this podcast and commenting and reviewing and everything you can. And tell me also a couple of feedback on last week's episode. What do you think about my uh, talk? together with Catherine, Catherine Moore, about Period on the Bike. I hope that you enjoyed They I got a lot of amazing feedback and, uh, ah, uh, as I would say, it was one of the super coolest episodes that I ever produced. But we have to focus on the episode of today, don't we? So, do I need to intro that? Yeah, probably I'm going to do it. Harry Corre, he, he oh, sorry for the misspelling, man. He was... The, yeah, he was working as a chef in a star, in Michelin star restaurant and then he started working for Team Sky and then now he has a bunch of projects, but I talked with him also about a lot of philosophical thoughts about what's bicycle, what is bicycle and probably is exactly what we were saying at the beginning, a tool to explore yourself, the outdoor and have fun and enjoy. Well, listen to the episode, it's going to be super fun and uh, talk to you later. First time I met my guest of today, that is actually Henrik Orre, and I'm going to misspell your name properly today. Uh, it was at Toros de Gravel, and I was already following his books and publications and his history and all like this, and it was a pleasure actually to eat your food, and today I have the pleasure to have you here on my podcast. Hi, Henrik, how are you doing?
1: Hi, Stefano. Fine, thanks. Yeah, good. Sitting yeah. up here in, in, in Oslo.
0: Is it cold there?
1: At the moment it isn't actually. We at, normally we should have a big winter and a lot of snow and minus degrees but um, climate change man. <laughs> uh, so we have like no snow and like nine to eight degrees so
0: hmm? yeah. Really? The same here in Zurich today, it's so crazy. I wanted to go out with a bicycle after our chat, and I thought, okay, I it's gonna be muddy, it's gonna be whatever, super hopeful. I'm gonna take my gravel bike, but actually the sun is out, and I think that I'm gonna have a great view. I think I'm gonna go out with a road bike. Wow, sounds amazing. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like. Uh, I want to check in in another thing. How was actually the misspelling of my uh, sorry, the mispronunciation of your name? Is it Henrik Orre? Henrik perfect yeah. yeah you have this kind of super nice uh, vowels that you are uh, sounding yeah. i'm playing with your mouth it's amazing yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. no worries yeah, yeah yeah everybody probably knows you as velo chef but we are gonna arrive there in one second first of all maybe yeah. it could be perfect if you can give to everybody who don't know you and i think that there are most mostly i think three or four people around but a small introduction about yourself can be amazing yeah.
1: chef that that's my uh, that's my profession uh, mm-hmm. I've been working as a professional chef for almost 20 years now and uh, I started my I'm born and raised in Norway so I started my career here as well uh, and then I moved over to Sweden um, and stayed there for 12 years working on different restaurants and enjoying life in general uh, over there I've got two kids and a wife and um, yeah, and, and in 2011, I felt that I've had enough for restaurants, actually. I've been doing that professionally for 13 years, and it's time-wise, it's extremely exhausting uh, over, over time to work there. And then, by a little, uh, lucky little chance, I got into cycling. Um, I started working for the Norwegian Cycling Federation. During the, the World uh, Championships and and I did the 2012 London Olympics as well. because uh, I always had cycling in as a big uh, passion for me. Because my my family is um, both brother and father are Norwegian t- uh, road champions in cycling. So wow. so that that for me has always been in the family. Uh, though I never been racing myself. I just enjoyed it as a good good way of training. To be honest. Um, but then in uh, t- 2013, I wanted to uh, try pr- explore explore the cycling scene a little bit more in terms of what I can do with cooking in there. So I reached out to, to a friend of mine who at that uh, point were riding for Team Sky, Edval hug Oh, yeah. And, um, and I asked if I could come and see what they were doing because the year before they had won Tour de France, first time with Bradley Wiggins, so mm-hmm. I mean the attention to them was go- uh, was 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 on, and I found it interesting. So I got the permission to come down to to a training camp they they do every year at Mallorca They stay mm-hmm. at the same place, so they're December uh, and uh, January. They're there whole team usually for the, for those two months and training together, eating together, and yeah, build build up for for next season. So it's a quite a very routine for them. So um, I went down there for I think it, I was there for like a week mm-hmm. and I basically just worked worked for free and just uh, enjoyed being in the in the company and together with the chef that they had at that time. Yeah. And then when I was supposed to leave or or go home, um, uh, uh, they asked if I was interested in doing some work for them during the season because they were. They were extremely busy and and their program and they could use 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 one more chef for the season so i was lucky or uh, i don't know anyway um so i i did like 40 to 50 days for them the first year and then from there it just escalated and more and more and more and more so five full season at the end uh, 150 to 60 days a year full time
0: so yeah.
1: yeah it was a amazing yeah
0: yeah, yeah. And then everything developed, actually, in what you're doing right now. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. So then VeloChef then came uh, uh, under this period, and then uh, I met Christian Meyer under this period, and then and now we're doing the service course in Oslo together. So, yeah, uh, basically everything has evolved from 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 that. And, of course, being a part of, a, of such a huge team as Team Sky, and you get so many uh, good contacts and and interesting people you meet on the way Um, so just you you build a huge network that is great to take with you especially now
0: yes exactly exactly yeah i want to start actually this conversation thanks a lot for your intro by the way um, from the generic part just allow me on that i was watching your amazing video that was the presentation of your last book i think yeah outside 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 it's free And you were actually talking a lot about yourself into cycling and what's cycling for you and i would love you if you can develop a bit more this concept and i will start with Mm. this question Mm. Henrik what's cycling for you?
1: (laughs) For me uh, cycling is first thing um, a thing to do Uh, it's a little bit of exercise but it's mostly some something i do to enjoy uh, for me competition in personally competition doesn't exist when I'm out riding I only do it for the pleasure of it to be outside to do it with uh, good friends uh, of course it's nice to, to get a little bit of sweat of course but for me it's important um, just to have a good time when you go out uh, and go out in Oslo we have this amazing close uh, to to all this gravel, so I've been Riding a lot of gravel riding the last years, and uh, it gets you out in the nature quickly, and um, yeah, that that's the most important thing for me and in, in riding at the moment.
0: Yeah, so it's really for you. I can completely relate. That's why I wanted to ask you and start you from uh, this question. I start with you with this question because actually I can completely relate on what you're saying. Cycling is no competition, at least. Yeah. For myself personally, yes. nothing yeah. is about competition. It doesn't make sense. It's a bit more no. like partnership more than competing. For my yeah. in my point yeah. of view, in my life. But it's not about competition. It's just enjoying life, with good friends, and have fun. So yeah. I can completely relate with you yeah. to you with that. And uh, in order to develop this thing, actually this concept out of that. So for you, the best ride that you can have is sure relaxing in an amazing environment with good friends and with good food could you add something else from that yeah that's all right yeah that's all right
1: yeah that's not all i think well that it is all but it it maybe sounds easy but if all those things click together you have you have an amazing time
0: yeah 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 no 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 definitely definitely i want to stress on the last part so on the food part maybe and then go to your book to the outside is free book What was the concept out of that? Because from the video, it's pretty clear. You were yeah. out with good friends, yeah. enjoying the amazing landscape and yeah. that you can find in Norway. By the way, it's stunning there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But still putting in together the experience of having food outside, but yeah. not just pre-cooked food. The one that I, sorry everybody there who produced that, the one that I call just dog food. So yeah. dehydrated food. <laughs> but it's something proper. Uh, yeah. Do it with passion, with the right tools. Tell us yeah. more about that. How yeah. did everything click?
1: Yeah, well I, the, the challenge for me uh, when, I, when I started looking into and wanted to do a book like that, when when we wanted to create everything basically outside, um, it, there was a lot of new things I had to really think about and, and understand um, and a lot of things goes into understanding the products you can use and the products you can't use. Because I like to deal with fresh products. Uh, For me, that's important, no cooking. Um, And then how you could take it with you and not damaging the produce on the way uh, for for like a trip on two to three days. Um, So that was a big challenge to find and and, and understand different uh, sort of products. Uh, that you could actually take with you and actually after three days being in a bike bag it would still be good to cook and it would still uh, taste amazing when you when, when, when you start working on it. Because I basically spent all my, all my time cooking in a, a professional kitchen uh, and also cooking over an open fire which is, there's no uh, you can't just put medium heat on and just <laughs> and yeah. just start Cooking something over a long time, but it's so many things you need to explore, and it's just a fantastic experience when you learn how to control the fire and how to work with it. It's just very satisfying the whole thing, um, and and how it uh, how it builds up. Um, And also, we did a lot of things with like small uh, kitchen that runs on gas as well, Um, and they are also very fascinating because they're. I mean, the quality of them actually is it's really good and and to find like a, uh, I'm quite nerdy in food, but, but I also think it's fun to start when you start looking to different sort of kitchen that's around. Hey, what are things, how heavy is this burner with this burner and a box of gas and everything. It's, it's just fascinating. It's the same way you put together your bike, you know. It's every few, very attention to all the details you put when you do a custom bike build it's it's just such just an amazing world on the same 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 spot so it's interesting mm-hmm.
0: so have you done a lot of testing before this kind of trip or whatever or before writing the book or it was everything coming just natural for you how was actually the combination of the things
1: uh, of course which i had to test a lot of uh, i tested the equipment i was taking with me just to be sure I understood how it worked and everything so so it wasn't like first time opening but but a lot of things were new for me to explore as well but I kind of knew uh, because when I was a young boy I was a scout so mm-hmm. I kind of knew I had done some outdoor cooking even if, if it wasn't very advanced I kind of knew how to get along with it Um. so yeah we did some preparations before just to but, but that was most equipment-wise. And then uh, the food came together um, based on what we found locally and, and what was around. So um, there was always, a, when you go out to make a book, you always need to have a plan, sort of plan what? What's, what will we end up with. But we also did a lot of things that just came naturally. Mm-hmm. This is how we do it. And they, that's basically that. That's a great experience to have and when 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 things just falls into place and it just works. But, but you find something interesting in the nature. It can be like mushrooms or whatever, and just you just add that and just yeah, it, it's um, it's natural.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a lot of testing and a lot of planning in advance, but for sure. Yeah, also, collecting the hanging fruits that were around during your yeah. ride was yeah. one thing, right? Sure. Perfect. Um, just want to ask you another couple of things about yep. that. Um, actually, I can see one or two problematic situations while riding the bicycle and having to cook um, on your way or whatever. One of those, I can say that I can see that anyways, you were actually bringing with you on your bikepack or whatever, on your bag, some things, something else you were picking out or whatever, but usually this happens to me. I go out for a ride, I do a long ride, I come back home and I would eat everything I found without <laughs> having any time to wait for how did you balance that? I mean, you were there, you were riding the bicycle, you were actually making a bit of effort or whatever, and yeah. then you had to yeah, stop, yeah, set up a fire, um, yeah. set up a fire, collect all the stuff, start cooking, and yeah. blah 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 blah. Yeah. How yeah. could well, we you didn't, count we didn't it? Ev-
1: everything is not sourced every day. Uh, it's based. The, the book is based around a, like a big trip, and we had, we had like a base camp. So the book is divided into two parts: base camp and on bike and then we had a, like a bigger storage in the base camp so we, we, we took rides every day and came back to the base camp where we had like a solid storage to to cook more food you know so okay we, we cheated in that way you could say but um yeah and we did like a smaller lunch when we when we
0: did the, the, the cycling routes yeah so yeah but anyways um i'm also talking about the time that you were spending on cooking straight after the ride you know, how could yeah, you no, calm down your anger? How was it? You were also something like snacking around while course, cooking? Of course, of okay.
1: course. You're starving yourself as well. <laughs> so that, but that's also, um, I try to describe it in a book, It, it um, it's all about the preparation. When you come back uh, or if you bring food with you, because you're hungry when you stop. You, know? you want the food to be ready as soon as possible. Yeah. So by being very well prepared, I mean you can. There's so many things you can pre chop, you can mix together, you can have things, sauces, everything can be ready on a cert- in a certain way. So to save time and be very efficient when you sit down and gonna have your meal, so you can have it as soon as possible. Uh, that's all about preparation, and I try to describe that in the book how you can, how you can succeed with that actually.
0: So something like preparing the basic. The base yeah. of all your yeah. food a bit in advance. Yeah,
1: um, yeah. and also, um, also you need to chop down things because it takes much more less space. I mean, bring a bring a whole big leak. It's not not very. Uh, it's not very uh, space. It's very space demanding. So chop it down. Have it in a little bag with you, and you know, just uh, remove all, all um, original packaging. Get it over in smaller boxes, maybe or whatever to. To reduce weight waste, of course, and then um, to try to be um, to, to get it as much prepped at home before you leave is is very smart.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes a lot of sense actually. Yeah, yeah. this is the perfect yeah. answer to me. And uh, still about that, still about the outside is free, and still about your experience or whatever. Do you really think that we all can do that, so that we all can just put down and plan for a weekend or a long weekend bike trip and then use the time to stop, to cook, and also at the end, maybe at the end of the day is a bit better, to cook yeah. and do everything. Do you think that this is something that needs some preparation, some training, or anybody can do that? Because we all know, and you well, also say that yeah. in the book, food outside is better, so yeah. eating outside, also just the coffee, its a yeah. coffee outside is way better, do you think that we yeah. can all reach that point, or we can start straight away from that, or there is some training that we need to do?
1: Well, of course, everyone, everyone at some point, I think, should be able to do it, but it's, I mean, it's the same, uh, when you start cycling, you don't, very uh, often ride, the first ride you do is not probably 150 kilometers, I mean, right. um, it's a bit like, same with starting writing, I mean, uh, you need to, to experience a couple of times, take shorter trips, just go out for a day, come back in the evening, just cook a lunch outside, start with the simplest thing, and then develop yourself um, as time goes, and of course, after a little while, you can do it, That shouldn't be any problem. I will do a couple of
0: steps back, and yep. then I want to start on the anecdotal part. So, right. you already uh, told us that you worked for, you said five seasons, right? Yeah, good team with, with Sky five season, and also you were working for the national team uh, yep. in the during the Olympics, the Norway national team. Tell me more about that. So, how do you usually cook for a bunch of professional cyclists? I mean, during, for example, we can make a couple of examples, during a a training camp and during a world, a, a tour like a, a Tour race. de France, yeah.
1: Quite different, um, actually, because um, like the the build up to the year starts with a training camp in December and January, mm-hmm. uh, and cyclists are very uh, professional. Cyclists are very aware of what they're eating, um, and they ha- come straight in from off season, and they maybe have put on some weight. Uh, for us, it's nothing, but for a put on. Three, four, maybe five kilos for pro cycling is, is a big issue in their heads when mm. they come in December, and they feel heavy. Five kilos. So, uh, yeah. So for us, it's nothing, but but for them, <laughs> yeah. it's it, it's it's a real problem. I can heads. see the point.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. So um, and normally uh, a December, at least a December camp is um, that that they will start with um, a diet that is uh, quite low carb. Uh, they will do long, uh, long rides with quite low intensity to burn fat, basically. So, uh, meaning that they will go, quite often they will go out uh, with not having any uh, carbs for uh, for breakfast. Wow. Uh, basically eating protein-rich di- uh, diet. Um, and then... Then go out for longer rides, start with only water for the first two to three hours, uh, and then add a little bit of sugar coming back, and then they will have some a little bit more carbohydrate uh, lunch coming back in and, and post-training, uh, but then basically try to stay quite low during that whole month with with carbs, so not so much pasta, rice, potatoes, and, and, and stuff like that, and try to eat more vegetables and higher protein uh, rich food Um, so that's quite a normal life on a training camp and then when you come into a race situation it's the opposite then it's uh, as much carbs as possible all the time basically Mm -hmm. so they fuel high high carb on every meal they do everything on bike is uh, high carb um the, the, what they eat in between uh, races on the bus everything it's just carbs 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 going in, basically. Of course, there's protein as well. There's a balance here, but um, it's quite interesting to see the, the the quite huge difference in intake of carbs uh, off season and and in a race situation. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Because actually, there are two different goals on that. So during the yeah. training camp and off season. They need yeah. to keep the weight, at least, yeah, if yeah. not to lose weight, while yeah. they need to recover all the strength and all the energy during the exactly. race, right? Exactly. Yeah. But you usually in these kind of situations in the in the Pro Tour, so being a chef in the Pro Tour means also working together with a nutritionist, of right? Of course. And how does actually, how do you split the task? So there's going to be the nutritionist telling you, okay, for this part of the season, try to balance for this, this, and this rider, yep. uh, this amount of carbs and this amount of uh, proteins and yep. this amount of sugar and blah blah. And then yep. you take care of the flavor, or there is yep. another way to balance the job between you, uh, the two of you. Um,
1: quite a lot of the of, on how to eat is based on the on the rider himself to know how how uh, what he needs and when he needs it. So what we. At Sky, did for every meal, we cooked uh, quite a lot, uh, quite a big buffet. Mm -hmm. So, in that buffet, we would have everything uh, basically requirements for all eight to nine riders, depending on sort of race we did. Um, So, always, we would every night, we would serve rice, pasta, potatoes, and like a quinoa or or, or some sort of things. So, basically, they could go and eat the preferred. Carbohydrate, the preferred salads, and and also two different sorts every night of uh, of proteins. Always fish, and then like chicken or meat or whatever that worked. Pork, whatever worked in for the for the different for the different stages to prepare. Um, but that was an individual knowing from each rider, and then the the nutritionist worked out for them uh, a preferred uh, weight. Of, or, or intake of, of carbs uh, the, de- the night before a big stage or whatever. Because uh, it's not it's not so easy to understand how much, let's say they had to eat 300 grams of, uh, of carbohydrate or 300 grams of pasta. It's not so easy to see how much that is because that is very, very much food. Mm-hmm. So what, then what the riders would, would do, would they would take their plate and put it on a scale put pasta on for as many grams they needed to eat, and then chop down the whole plate,
0: basically. Perfect. So I can actually visualize completely your yeah. buffet table. A lot yeah. of delicious food, so many different choices, and a yeah. scale. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you go there and you decide of what yeah. you prefer to eat, and then you scale everything. Yeah,
1: Very sexy, very yeah. sexy.
0: Anyway, the, the food part, I love it, by I can yeah. tell you. The scale, I can understand, can be a bit more putting yeah. too many numbers in my life can be always a bit yeah. complicated but i think that for them yeah. it's
1: oh, it's, quite, it's quite monitoring everything i mean the, the, just and also to understand how much um how much they needed uh, and how much so we would we would also um write down how many grams of carbohydrate, carbohydrate we would put on the on the table in terms of like a kilo of pasta half a kilo of rice note down and whatever was left, we weighed that as well. So we knew that mm. just just to be in control of okay. So they have consumed between eight rider, they have consumed like say two kilos of of carbohydrate. Will that be enough for tomorrow's stage?
0: Hopefully. Okay. 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 So you're also controlling their intake by yes. controlling if somebody has eaten too much or exactly not exactly. too much. Okay. Okay. Makes yeah. a little sense. Uh, how stressful is it? It was, actually.
1: Well, um, well, it's quite stressful. It's quite a long day, is what, is what it is. Because um, you're usually down in the kitchen, 8 o'clock in the morning. Mm. And the guys come in for breakfast at 9, so we have like, a, uh, you have like an hour to prepare breakfast. Um, and we cooked in a, in a mobile truck, like a kitchen truck. So we were separated from everyone, which, which was actually super. And the boys would be in for breakfast, like an hour or so, like 40, 45 minutes, depending on how much time they had. And they would go straight on the bus and leave. So as soon as they left the, the truck, we gave it a little clean down, pack it up and took and went for next hotel. Because you, you change location every day on, the, on, a, on a pro tour race. To race so we need to pack up the truck and um, drive to the next location it could be everything from one to four hours of driving depending on where we where we're going next and on the way i would stop i would drive a separate car not the truck and i would stop to do all the shopping i needed for for the dinners and, and and everything i needed for breakfast the day after and then we would arrive to the to the next hotel. And then again, set up the truck, to prepare it for dinner, and then start cooking straight away. So you were basically going. Um, maybe it would have time for a little lunch or whatever, but you would basically be on your feet uh, working from eight o'clock in the morning till I would say ten, eleven
0: in the night. Okay.
1: So okay. so long days.
0: What do you think about the evolution, because okay, reading old books and uh, reading old newspapers and stuff like this, I remember that people that were uh, participating, taking part of the Tour de France were just arriving, so the riders themselves, they were just moving from uh, one hotel to the other and take the restaurant food to the hotel and probably food was not in terms of quality and in terms of uh, quantity, in terms of the scientific part but also the tasty part was not so important because it was just take on some fuel and that's it. Then I believe that exactly with, I don't want to say something wrong, but probably with the Team Sky, they started building up a proper team of chef, nutritionists, to work together with the riders, not only during the training and preparation part, but as well during the the races and the ground tour part, and having their own equipped kitchen their own bold food their own cooked food and everything like this how do you see this evolution do you think that we arrive at the right point or there is something else that we can develop what do you think about that
1: i think what we did with that we created a a place and an environment for our riders that felt like home for them Hmm. um and i i liked, i thought it was for me, I tried to—I mean—to be as much on my feet for them as possible all the time, because uh, by creating some excited food, um, at least the food ha- tastes good, uh, looks good, because uh, you—I mean—you eat with your brains. If it looks great, it, you, you will eat more, and that was everything was about here, because you needed to get these guys to eat, guys to eat as much as possible to be able to 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 stand them. Um, the, the, the power or, or or the difficulties they were changed, uh, challenged with on every stage they were doing um, in this uh, sort of race environment um, and i think if you could create an atmosphere where everyone was looking forward to come down to dinner you were sitting with a good bunch of group in your own little environment you, you can uh, have a great coffee after a dinner and 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 just just to feel them get them to feel a bit like home Um, I think that's a a really huge advantage, Uh, instead of being pushed in together uh, with the rest of teams in a small hotel, you eat the same buffet food, and, and it's just a whole different level of professional, I think.
0: I can completely see the point, and I really like the point that you've made, Uh, building up a situation an environment where the racers the riders would feel themselves at home because all of us and cyclists or not cyclists that are listening to this podcast today or everybody outside really understand the feeling of being for example out of vacation out for vacation also for work or whatever and eat every single day at a different restaurant or at the same restaurant but different restaurant food it's good the f- yeah. so it's feeling satisfying and anyways and fulfilling the first night the second night but then when you're starting maybe already 3 days in a row yeah. breakfast yeah. The, the breakfast lunch and dinner all the time yeah. at the restaurant it's a bit exhausting i think it's a
1: bit exhausting i definitely agree and, and also what was also uh, important is that you create like a routine you know they eat the same things it's the same things the same offer uh, not the same offers but like a routine they get they get a good porridge in the morning, every morning, they will get their omelettes, they will have, you know, so they, work, they they know that this food works for me, because um, I think that's uh, in, in their, some sort of, um, in their that uh, they're very uh, obsessed with, uh, I think cyclists are quite obsessed with having routines, normal daily routines, doing the same thing ever over and over and over again, because they've attend to if one thing works they like to stick to that.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, Yeah. I completely see the point. Uh so we put together now on the first part the gravel experience and um yeah adventure part and then we put together close by that the pro part. Now which one the difference I think they're pretty clear but what is most difficult in your opinion to feed A group of pro cyclists or to feed a bunch of hungry gravelers? What do you think? And also I want to know a couple of anecdotes on that, but let's start from that.
1: Well, I don't know. Uh, Well, there's no, there's no, I don't think there's some, there's no difference in, in, um, it's just probably different in expectations what people uh, are coming uh, I wouldn't treat them any differently. I would, mm. I would do my best to to, to try to serve um, to serve both groups um, to do as good as possible for both. To be honest, but of course there's a difference. I mean, um, if you're outside, you're outside, and, and there's, there's a lot of things you can't do. Uh, everything will be more rustic and down to earth. And 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 inside a professional environment, you can do a whole different level of things. But I think uh, on. Yeah, I think you could do excitement for, for both of them. But we did actually two years in a row. Now we've done like a big uh, gravel adventure where, we, where we've been staying outside for two days. And this big group of riders 60 70s once came for the last one. And they're hungry. They spent all day out riding like 120 k's of gravel and come back and just see People when they, uh, when they get from like being exhausted and get some good food and get the spirit back and maybe a beer and all that and like, you 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 fire up a wood fire and then, yeah, just food um, can um, get the place to live again.
0: <laughs> yeah, perfect. Then make a couple of anecdotes. I want to know two things. Let's say. Yep. Yep. First which one is you can also tell me whom did it but which one was the biggest amount of food that you have seen somebody eating (laughs) during your experience as a chef in cycling (laughs) if you have any idea of that and maybe the second anecdote that i I want to ask you is that uh, tell me really if any time anybody was a bit upset for the food that was eating in any situation the the food that you were serving
1: uh, Cyclists eat a lot. I, I, I mean, the, the the without naming any names, I think the cyclists in general can eat so much food, and their plates is just at some points it's like can you? It's just ridiculous to watch, <laughs> uh, and it can be very um, very interesting to see if it's possible. Uh, but but it's very often is because I mean they they're burning so much more than we do. So. Um, and upset I don't know that's probably I didn't have any bad experience in pro cycling with that but uh, there's always things on restaurants when, when people come to pay for food and they expect something and they probably don't got what they expected or missing communication of and I mean you, between I mean if you've been 13 years in restaurants there been of course, there've been a lot of complaining. So I remember uh, we were opening in 2007, I was a part of opening, uh, what was that on, on uh, one of the most uh, ambition restaurants in Sweden at that time, it was just opening and I was a part of that from day one. Uh, it started from scratch. And within two years, it had had two Michelin stars. But anyway, like the first half year there, were people would complain on absolutely everything so you know it's just like the music was wrong the chairs was wrong the environment was wrong uh, what we served on the plate was wrong and it's like okay sorry i mean at at some points you just have to stand up for yourself and 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 believe in your own product but uh, i guess there's a lot different in when people actually are coming to you and pay for for an experience or if someone's just if you're just sharing an experience with people.
0: So we can tell that usually cyclists are really good people yeah. and yeah, they never absolutely. complain about food. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah,
0: definitely. Let me ask you another anecdote that I would love to know. The weirdest or most difficult place where you cooked in terms of cooking outside or also difficult condition to cook during a a race or a ground tour or whatever. Have you ever had any I don't know, thoughts yeah. or feelings um, on that?
1: beginning to first season with team sky we didn't have this kitchen truck okay. um, this is this is probably uh, why we at the end we got it as well because we had to rely on different hotels uh, we went from hotel to hotel so we had to contact uh, every hotel and say that hi we're coming uh, tomorrow or, 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 or like we did it in advance and we would like to borrow a little bit of a uh, place in your kitchen because um, we're doing uh we're doing food for our riders and blah blah blah. Uh, and throughout those years, it, you could see everything. I tell you, we came, we could come to hotels where they even didn't have, they didn't even have kitchens because they were just bringing in catering on the evening. And not so much, yeah. Just uh, you wouldn't believe that people actually were cooking there. It's I've, I've seen everything I think through those years and. I had to stand cooking in trucks, uh, so it's been that was too too interesting and quite difficult years uh, when when those things happened, and also a big um, uh, thing why we at the end got a kitchen truck so we could have like a control environment and, and, and a much higher uh, higher level of what we could produce every night in in a set kitchen and our own environment so i've seen i've seen everything to be honest
0: okay yeah yeah but i think that everybody who ever worked into a kitchen can completely relate to what you're saying sometimes yeah i've done it for a bit of time and i can say that sometimes i've seen some kitchen that in terms of people working there or environment and stuff they are absolutely incredible nobody would nobody would really believe on what you could see into a kitchen no 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 No, it's amazing (laughs) it's really crazy yeah 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 cool uh thanks a lot for that and uh, yeah perfect what i want to ask you also, yeah i want to ask you this question i think it's really interesting for everybody so in your um experience in your life in your uh, time there you actually wrote as i remember correctly correct me if i'm wrong three different receipt book right yeah how was the idea of that? And then I have another, another question about that. <laughs> but why okay. the, the idea became, came out of writing a book of recipe, a kitchen book about what to cook for cycling.
1: Yeah, well, there, there was, of course, never an idea that we were going to end up doing three. We started with one. Yeah. And um, the idea actually came from uh, Patrick, the guy who was the photographer of all three books. He approached me uh, after he did. I did an interview for a Swedish online cycling magazine mm-hmm. uh, who were interested in my work with, with Team Sky. And there wasn't too much literature around that time, which was, there was a couple of books, but there wasn't no, any really done in an, uh, what I would say like a high-end way, looking good, cool pictures, inspirational inspire food. You have some profiles, something was done. We didn't feel that there was some proper thing out on the market at that point. So Patrick came with the idea or approached me if I was interested to do a book with him. And uh, also a good thing was that his uh, his wife is a publisher. So he more or less had the whole package ready. So we kind quite quickly just brainstormed what we would like to see in a book like that. And Patrick is also a keen cyclist himself. So he understood cycling, which for me was very important um, when we came to design the design part of it. Um, So we just started this first book and printed it. And we basically didn't have any expectation. I mean, we were we were really happy if we could sell out uh, sell out the first print and if we could break even even better and just yeah we would be happy if it's if well if it was one print and we sold out we would we thought that would probably it and we did a fun thing together but um luckily the first book did very well uh, and it caught quite a good interest and uh rafa at that point where Sponsoring Team Sky, mm-hmm. so I got the book on their website, on their web shop, which did a huge difference. Um, so I've always been very thankful for them about that, and it just opened the book uh, to so many, so many people, and it it really made a big difference. Um, which always also gave us the possibility to do a follow up, and then later do the third book. So. Um, it's that was a great relationship uh, with them, and made made that them m- making the whole different in in reaching out to people.
0: Yeah, I can completely see the point, and actually that's a great thing that you are saying. So that actually Rafa was sponsoring at that time Team Sky, Team Sky. yeah, um, and on that case actually they also brought in the book, the Velo Chef book inside yeah. of their store and i truly believe that that's something that really we have to say all of us thank you to rafa or putting back cycling into the human space because before for everybody i think that cycling was also only competition okay using the bike to do and do your grocery shopping or going to work obviously so something like urban cycling but then there was only the competition part the boring food part, the only pushing, never stopping for coffee part and whatever. Yeah. Then Rafa put in into the human side the leisure of cycling. And I yeah. think that food is pretty important in this space. How do you of see course. food actually in the environment of cycling made by me, for example, an overweight, yeah. medium, normal Joe yeah. guy riding the bicycle? How do you see food in this kind of space?
1: I, I, see, I see the importance of food in every space, to be honest. I mean, okay. whatever you do, you should eat good, good. I mean, life's too short for bad food. It's not the same. Right. So I, I, I think there uh, they should be served good food everywhere. And I, I can easily agree on, I think, Rafa made cycling great again at that point. Um, they did something different. They took a different turn. And uh, at one point, like everything they do did was like, you, you wanted to be a part of their... Uh, environment so um, yeah it, they have done so much good for cycling to be honest
0: yeah let's start from that you said um, life is too short to eat bad food yes and food must be the center of all the environment of human being for, yeah. of course I think that this is a mission that you are following in your life, also in your future life, also in the opening of the service course in yeah. Oslo, right? Of this new project. Of course, of Tell course, us definitely. more about that. Tell us more about your uh, your part of the service course yeah. for the future and for the projects that you have.
1: Yeah, well, uh, the service course and La Fabrica uh, comes from uh, Girona and it was uh, established by Christian Meyer and his wife, uh, Amber yeah created la fabrica because amber wanted a place to 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 do something because christian were out riding all the time and was at races constantly so they started la fabrica and it quickly became a a a locally a little success by not only not only bike riders but also by the local local uh, community down there but basically serving natural good food great coffee uh, good bread to go with all their sandwiches just doing the, the small but important uh, bits right and then this, this later involved um because people were asking christian in the local community started talking to the local community about where uh, they needed a place where they can maybe at least rent bikes and get some kit and and and, and have all this uh place as a service center so he then came up with the with, with the service course, um, which also has been, uh, been been a huge success, not only down there, but it's been taking them quite a worldwide thing. I think I think more and more people are aware of the service course now, what it is, and it's from Girona. So Christian got a, got a few um, partners on board to help him. And we had this thing going on in Oslo um, where we couldn't really, we had a little bit of problem to, to get the finances bits in. And all of a sudden Christian called me one day and, and, or contacted me and asked if I was interested in being part of the service course because it was expanding to help him maybe look at his food and, offer, uh, food and beverage offer to see if we could improve that together mm-hmm. uh, going forward. But we also have this. Um, we also have this thing in Oslo where me and Jonas uh, Strømberg, who's a local here, uh, we had we had a plan to open something ourselves. Um, but then Christian came up here and looked at it t- together with his uh, partner, and basically said, "Looks amazing. Uh, let's do this together." So uh, that's where we're at, um, and hopefully. Uh, so the, the the service course um, is open. It opened in November, and um, so that's the first part. And then we're still soon uh, going to get that cafe open. But the whole whole uh, idea with service course is to to serve the local community, uh, to offer food and beverage to go before or after bike rides. Just a place where people can hang out and. Whenever if you come traveling up here, we will serve you with bikes. We will have helmets for you. We will have everything, and, and and just just be here as much as we can for you, and 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 just so you can relax and just go out and ride, and don't need to travel with your bike and take care of your bike. And we will wash your clothing, and we will just get you to feel like a
0: like a pro for a week, basically. Yeah, enjoy bicycle if like you. You would be a pro. That's the concept, right?
1: Ah, more or less. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want to ask you two things about that. So, for the service course, are you also thinking about develop developing some new receipts or new food or something new yeah. that you want to do for yeah, the, got, all of that? Or
1: yeah, we got so since um, uh, this, uh, La Fabrica is there has its roots in Catalonia in Spain, so mm-hmm. there will always be a part. Uh, on the menu that will be reflecting what they serve in Girona and a couple of uh, things they have on the menu down there, but we will uh, up here influence that with local food, Scandinavia, Oslo, based around what we find here, sourced locally. So it will every service course will have a local feeling, uh, but you can also taste that it comes from Girona.
0: Okay, 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 okay. Perfect. Yeah, something like localizing food. Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's important. Yes, definitely, definitely. And uh, the second thing that I want to ask you, because we have all seen, so I think that the first time that I started considering Norway as a place where to go riding the bicycle, it's all the time, I truly believe that probably most of the clothing brands are making the shootings for Mm -hmm. winter season in Norway during August, probably. Yes, yes. Because the weather is fresh let's say yes, let's put it in this way right. but yes. also with the service course is your in your idea is in your plan also to let more and more people discover Norway as a I would not say the riding paradise but for sure a place where you can also go out and ride a bicycle because you can see that there are a lot of amazing places where you can ride there was yep. also out route now setting up a race there in Norway yep. Yeah. Everything is moving there. Are you trying to push this as well? Because I think that it can really be. Yeah, Yeah,
1: of course we are. And we are very aware of what we have. And uh, we will start with actually to, to discover Oslo, because Oslo has the most epic gravel scene. Um, so riding from uh, where the service course is located, 15-20 uh, minutes bike ride out, and then you are entering an area where you have possibilities for more than 550 50 kilometers of non-stop gravel riding. Then you're going out in a big, big, uh, amazing area, small mountains, lakes, everything that you typically see about Norway. But you're still close to town, but you feel like you're in a long, long way of civilization. We can go out there and basically be all alone. And... Um, and yeah, we are very highlighting that we will from May until August. Uh, you can come with us for for uh, we will have two uh, two uh, what do you say two travels uh, to every month. So there's you can book like um, six nights, six rides uh, trip, or like four night uh, sorry three nights, four rides. And this will be two in every month, uh, May, June, July and August. And these will be guided by locals. Uh, you will be served uh, food, you will get breakfast with us, uh, you will have the whole package. Uh, you can rent bikes, you can add that and have a, have a really nice experience. Uh, and of course riding with locals so you will, you will never get lost.
0: <laughs> That's me. Yeah. Uh, tell me that then, because we are moving in this direction. In your opinion, yeah. close by Oslo, which one yeah. is your backyard ride, your best ride that you can do, and what food can you eat during that ride?
1: So uh, we have we have a really nice ride here in uh, in Norway, actually uh, here in Oslo. Um, going around Oslo is is three like a we call it the one, two, and three rings, which is a it's a like a highway around oslo for cars but this one we call the ring four
0: because
1: mm. it's the most ridden gravel ride of, uh, uh, here in town
0: um,
1: that's about 65 kilometers quite a lot of elevation it takes you roughly um, a bit more than two two hours to do it um, and halfway you can stop uh, at this great little cabin uh, which is by a lake you can have a coffee and a waffle, new and a waffle. Oh wow! W- with sour cream on, and it's just like it, on a on a good day with a uh, with the, when the sun is up, that is that is ten points.
0: Okay, that's the ride, the fourth ring.
1: Yeah, the fourth ring around Oslo. Perfect. And it's that's also the because uh, every service course has a has a local uh, one of the walls. is has a local ride that we yeah. cut out in a piece of wood. Yeah. The Ring 4 is the profile that goes around our shop.
0: Perfect. I'm going to ask you yeah. in private then to have a link of the route. So yeah. I know what to write yeah. if I'm coming. Yeah, super. <laughs> and also I know what to dream when I'm dreaming about Norway.
1: Yeah, sure. I'll send you a picture next time I'm stopping for a coffee. Great.
0: <laughs> <I'll do that. laughs> cool, I have the last question for you. Yeah. And probably it's the silliest one. Yeah. So your nickname, it's also the name of your book or whatever, is VeloChef. Yes. How did it happen? Which one was the process for you to arrive to that name?
1: Uh, I don't know. I came up with the name because we needed a title for the book, mm-hmm. um, and I think I just put two words together. If if I break it down, I really I think it's like I think it's like a French word, yes. vélo, yeah, and chef, uh, and how it just fell down on me one day actually. Because we needed a, it felt naturally for, because we needed a strong title for the book that people could understand that, that is, because uh, we didn't want to call it like the cycling chef or something like that. So I don't know, I just came down one day, velo chef. It, it fitted perfectly in, it looked cool uh, when you put it on a piece of paper or, or, or on a book um, by accident, to be honest.
0: How does it work now? Everybody calls you VeloChef or they're just calling you Henrik?
1: Oh, no, I'm still Henrik. Perfect. Hopefully for a, for a good while. yeah. <laughs> but I don't mind uh, if people call me VeloChef. I'm super proud of what we achieved and I'm very happy with that. And and yeah, I, I still like to see it uh, be out there as well.
0: Well, I want to just finish this conversation with a small memory of mine. So. I met you the first time at Toros de Grave, it was 2018, right? Yeah. October 2018. Yeah. And I really remember, first of all, <laughs> your spare ribs and the potatoes that you have cooked on an open fire. And they were yep. amazing. I really remember all your food, but this is something that really sticks on my mind. Oh, really? And I really remember as well how busy you were on doing stuff, but also the big smile that you had in your face. Yep. I said yeah. I saw you. I gave you an high five, and then I thought when I turned back, this guy really likes and loves this job, and yeah. you can see the passion on his face, and you can actually taste the passion on his food.
1: Yeah, uh, I, yeah, that's great. Uh, I had a good time, but it was that dinner was very hard actually to do because uh, you guys were so hungry, <laughs> and um, I only had this open fire, and it was just like. It was getting dark, I couldn't see much at the end and, and everything was just
0: like, but, but hey, um, now it's a great memory and, it's a great and people enjoyed it and, and
1: maybe at that time I thought it was a big like, oh maybe this wasn't too, too good or something, but I mean at the end people are happy and, 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 and now I see it as a, it was a great experience actually.
0: I don't know actually actually first of all i i really blame myself if i didn't give you a feedback straight away but i can tell you now it was really great and i really hope that a lot of people contacted you to give you a great feedback after the dinner because it was amazing i remember there were at least seven courses and all of them was one better than the other remember this huge buffet there and the queue there and people going back for a second round of food i think that we cleaned up the table properly yeah
1: someone at the end, I mean, we had to take, find some more bread for people, Because I mean, yeah, obviously, people were still still hungry, so, I mean, but you were like, how many guys were you, like, we were 50, 60 people, I
0: think 50, yeah, 50, yeah. 60, yeah, you're so right, it, it the day before a, the rise, it yeah. was
1: quite a big, yeah, big feast, but good times with those demons coming
0: it's true, it's true. They were yeah, the demons no. as well. Yeah, 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 it was good good drinks and good yeah. company. Company there was amazing yeah. at the, during that event. Yeah. Yeah. We should do it again, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. But that's also uh, what uh, this this thing has, what VeloChef has given me. I mean, it's, it's given me the possibilities to go to places like this and do events like this. And I think that is just so much fun, um, working with different brands to do stuff like this. It's amazing, and I'm just blessed that um, I can have a job like that,
0: to be honest. You made it happen, man, so you have to be proud of yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Cool, Enric. then thanks a lot for the chat today, and best of luck for the future of the Surface Course Oslo and all the projects that you have in mind, because it seems like every time you like to change and to make a second step and third step, a step forward, and good luck with that. You're really an inspiration.
1: You're welcome to Oslo whenever. I would love to share a
0: coffee with you up here whenever we are ready. Okay. Once this um, once everything is ready, give me a shout. I will come yep. there without the bike. I can get one of the bike on the service course and we can have a of ride course. as well. <laughs> we'll help, yeah. I have Super. yeah, I really have I really hope that everybody there that is listening to that would consider coming to Oslo because it's an amazing place to ride a bicycle and with yes. amazing people like you there. So it's perfect. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks for for this chat, amazing. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Bye. Thanks a lot, Eric. It was really great pleasure to talk with you, and for you all out there, just continue following on what is going on. With the service course also, or the service course in general, maybe let me know if you want myself also to have a talk with Christian of the service course. It can be a good idea. What do you think? Just let me know. And uh, yeah, you can actually, you know, where to follow me, right? If you go there down in the description, you will find everything: my website, my email, and probably the only thing that's worth a mention is my Instagram account. The handle is calamaro_cc. Well, I'm uh, trying to pack up a couple of good projects, especially for uh, next things that are coming, and I'm actually referring mostly to uh, the Cyclocross World Championship that is happening super close to my place here in Zurich, and I will keep you posted also on that. Remember, if you want to really support me, just subscribe to this podcast, especially in iTunes, but wherever you are listening to that, and if you can rate and comment and review. I will talk to you next week, I would say, and thanks a lot again for listening, thanks a lot again to Andy Kessler and his Open company for supporting me for this amazing season of the outdoors, and I will talk to you later. Ah, by the way, last note here, I'm gonna be at Grinduro, Switzerland at the end of June this year, and I will probably be there with my brother at his first cycling adventure of his life. If you are going also there, give me an i five or give me a shout, we're gonna... For sure, drink a couple of beers together if I can handle that. I will talk to you next week. Bye.